0: Hello
1: and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in the studio today is my co pilot, Jeff Harding. Jeff,
2: how are you doing today? I'm phenomenal, Kyle. (laughs)
1: I'm, I'm glad you're phenomenal. I just
2: love he, he can't see it, but he looks at me with this expression, like he never knows what I'm going to say. So he's almost that's, a little bit leery when he asks me that question. That's only because I never know what you're going to say. <laughs> you know, neither do I until I say it. <laughs> so uh, I'm glad you're doing good, Jeff. Yes, very well. Yeah, and yourself? How are you doing?
1: I'm doing good. Thank yeah. you. Thanks for asking. So, Jeff, every one of us, whether we realize it or not, whether we want to or not, every one of us right now is aging. That's true. All of us, right? I've even heard it said that good health is merely the slowest rate at which one can die. That is a fact. Yep. We're all headed that direction. There's no way around it. And unfortunately, there's no magic pill that can reverse aging what, per what about, se. What
2: about all those people on the TV that tell me otherwise? That they are misleading you. They're it. lying me? They are misleading you. Oh my goodness.
1: Okay. But according to Dr. Robin Burzin of Parsley Health, there are a few things that we can do right now to mitigate some of the negative effects of aging. And anybody from Parsley Health can't be lying. They can't be wrong. No. So we're going to go into just a few things that we can do, starting today if we want to. Right now.
2: That can help mitigate some of the effects of aging. Are these something I'm going to like, or are these going to be something I'm going to be shocked at?
1: Uh, I don't know that you'll be shocked, but I don't know that you'll like them. Oh,
0: (laughs) okay. I just want to know what the tone of the show is going to be. Okay, let's go for
1: it. All right, here's the first one. Add high-intensity interval training your weekly exercise schedule. They
2: call it HIIT training. Oh boy. Okay. That's something I need to do. Yeah. We we probably all could do that a little bit. Jumping on the trampoline with my grandson just doesn't count. Listen, any type of exercise is good. Any
1: Mm -hmm. type of exercise is important for maintaining your health, especially as you age. Aerobic exercise is crucial for maintaining cardiovascular health and jumping on the trampoline is that. That's true. Resistance training helps to maintain muscle mass and increase bone density but it turns out that HIIT training, or high-intensity interval training, which is often thought of as being used for weight loss, is also just as valuable for staving off aging. In fact, it could oh. actually reverse some of the cellular signs of aging.
2: Wow, that's amazing. So we've
1: talked a little bit before about HIT training on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, it's high-intensity interval training. So you do something really hard for a little while... And then you take a short break and then you go back and do that same thing again, like cycling or or running or rowing. There's different things that you can do. This is is the study. The Mayo Clinic, they did a research project where they had a group of sedentary people do either weight training, interval training or cardiovascular several times a week. And they found that while all of the participants had increased their fitness levels and improved blood sugar regulation, only the interval training group showed an increase in the number of health the number and health of their mitochondria. Oh, okay. Now, you'll remember from high school biology of course. that mitochondria are the powerhouse of the cells in which energy production occurs. And it's been shown... I was just going to say that. Yeah, I know you are. I know you are. <laughs> I'm just putting words in your mouth. You are. But it's been shown that a decline in mitochondrial function is a major contributor to aging. So Dr. Burson recommends that we do HIIT training one or two days a week to help reverse aging Right down at our cellular level can't get any lower than that now now I know you already do a lot of walking like oh, yeah. you are consistent in your walking so right. you could incorporate this into your walking just take a period where you like really hit it and walk super fast mm-hmm. and then take a little break and then hit it again so this
2: this is something you could do you could already be doing it well, I could, I, you know, it's true. The truth is, is I, I tend to walk as fast as I can the whole time, but maybe I could push a little bit harder and then and, and back off, push harder and back up. Yeah, off. Yeah. So, so that's
1: the interval training mm-hmm. that apparently for whatever reason, I don't know that we understand fully why, but that's the training that helps yourself. It probably just
2: confuses our body. That's <laughs> it just it gets it. healthier.
1: Okay. Here's the next one. You probably won't like this one. Okay. However, we all want to look our best. Yeah, especially when we age, right? It doesn't involve
2: plastic surgery, does it? No, it doesn't. It doesn't
1: involve plastic surgery, but it does involve reducing the amount of processed sugar.
2: I knew you were going to say that. Yeah,
1: I knew that you knew I was going to say that. (laughs) So, eating a diet high in sugar can actually break down your skin's collagen, which is the protein that gives skin its strength, and that can lead to outward signs of aging, like dull, wrinkled skin and the loss of elasticity. When you consume sugar, it reacts with proteins in your bloodstream to form what they call advanced glycation end products, or AGEs, which mm. spells age, right. interestingly right. enough.
2: Just ph- it's phenomenal how they keep up with the, yeah, those, that acronym, those, huh? those components could spell that right.
1: So uh, the process that, uh, that, that happens is called glycation. The AGEs then damage proteins like collagen and elastin, and the effect of which can be visible in your skin. And that's not to mention the inflammation caused by sugar consumption that's been linked to age-related diseases like oxidative stress and mitochondrial damage. We just barely talked about those powerhouses, right? So for all of these reasons, we ought to take a look at reducing or even eliminating refined sugars from our diet Mm. and consume sugars like honey or maple syrup and fruit in moderation.
2: Always at moderation. (laughs) That's the hard part, right? There's
1: always that caveat. All right, here's another one that we need to do. lessen the emotional and physical stress in our lives. Your body reacts similarly to emotional and physical stress by activating the fight or flight response. Mm -hmm. So whether it's emotional stress or there's something physically happening, we kind of kick into that fight or flight mode. What happens then is that our body releases the hormones cortisol and adrenaline. Now that's normal. Right. It's a normal physiological reaction that we're equipped to handle but only in small doses. So when we're chronically stressed, whether from overexercising or constant mental pressure, the elevated levels of cortisol can generate free radicals. And chronic stress is also associated with markers of inflammation, which is implicated in age-related diseases like insulin resistance, hardening of the arteries, and metabolic syndrome, so to combat emotional stress and overtraining, Doctor Burson recommends incorporating yoga or meditation into your workouts. Well, you just keep that, throwing these, these negatives know. in there. <laughs> well, meditation is a good one. No, that's the yoga. Y-
2: yoga, is
1: we probably agree is a tough one for us, but uh, meditation is good. So that's true. It is really. We just need to. Reduce the stress. And we, we do. can do that in a wide variety of ways. Yoga and meditation is one way, but going for a walk outside is another sure. great way to reduce stress. So if we can get rid of the stress, we can get rid of the free radicals that can help us age don't better. don't those radicals free, want them in jail. We want them contained, right? That's right. And here's the last one. I'm going to hit this one really quickly. Uh, this is maybe the hardest one to eliminate, but it's reduce your exposure to environmental pollutants. Mm. So, free radicals are generated by everyday bodily processing like breathing, but it's the excess oxidative stress that's important to prevent. Environmental pollutants are any type of chemical that's been introduced to the environment by humans, including via air pollution, chemicals in cosmetics, and pesticides in our food. One recent study showed that age spots on the skin increased by 25%, with a relatively small increase. In air pollution. So So, that
2: that sounds like you shouldn't even listen to, you shouldn't even be doing aromatherapy because that's introducing an environmental pollutant into the air. You know, I don't know about that. That's probably worth looking into, right? Because I don't know about that. But the fact of the matter is is that we need to do our very
1: best to avoid environmental
2: pollutants. And that's a tough one because we have to live in an environment, right? And you know what's an environmental pollutant we don't often think about? What's that? Sound pollution. Sound pollution can sometimes be an environmental pollutant that is in
1: our I mean, honestly, environment we don't even think about it we don't think there's, about sometimes
2: it sometimes there's so much noise around us that, that it is definitely and we live
1: in a world with a lot of noise for sure mm-hmm. one of the effects of aging uh that can be caused by sound pollution if that pollution is too loud is um hearing loss that's true and we are lucky to you, have a you couple of experts you talk to us about that i do i do we I, we're lucky to have a couple of experts here in the studio with us today dr Brittany Garcia. Received her doctorate from Utah State University in audiology, and she specializes in implantable devices, among other things. And then we also have Francesca Anderson, who also graduated from Utah State University and is the director of community services at the Sound of Life Foundation. And we're excited to visit with both of you. Welcome to the show.
0: Thank you. Thank you for having us.
1: Yeah, it's our pleasure. We're grateful that you had some time to visit with us and, and join us and talk about the importance. Of hearing loss and what we can do about that, um, let's go ahead and start with uh, you, Doctor um, Garcia. Uh, tell us a little bit about why it's so important that we understand what hearing does in our
2: lives.
3: So, hearing is very important. It's one of the building blocks for communication. Correct? Without he- right communicating, it is very much so. We can't create can't our. <laughs> Relationships, a meaningful relationship, and keep those relationships going. So it's very important,
1: and it's something that I think most of us just kind of take for granted. Yes, when 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 we have it.
3: Yes, it right. Is. It is.
1: So, in addition to the the aspect of the social interaction and the importance of relationships that can be built and maintained, and you know, um, structured around that idea of being able to hear and communicate effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, There's also a lot of research that they have done fairly recently that connects hearing loss with uh, mental health and dementia and Alzheimer's. Let's let's talk a little bit about that. What are the connections there?
3: So there's been a couple of studies or a couple of studies out by John Hopkins and on the CDC that an increase in hearing loss, you're increasing the risk of falls, dementia, emotional, mental, physical health altogether, work performance decreases your job, school, whatever, child, adult, whatever it is, even with a mild hearing loss, your increase of dementia increases by 200%. Wow.
1: So mild, mild hearing loss. Mild hearing loss can increase your chance of struggling with dementia later on in your life by 200%. Yep. That's Quite incredible. Quite
3: significant. Yeah. It's, it's and if really you go amazing. up to a severe, it's by 500%. Wow. So wow. urging people to come in, get treated Start early, find it early, treat it early.
1: Wow. So I want to talk about that, but I want to back up one step. You mentioned falls are associated with hearing loss. What's the connection with, with falling and not being able to hear very well?
3: So part of your balance system is your, your... ear? In your ear can control some of that. If we're losing some of that hearing, it can affect that balance organ as well.
2: Hmm. Okay. So
3: more reduce.
2: So the physiological reasons for the hearing loss can affect the... The canals in your ears? Is that what you're saying?
3: Correct, because they are based, they are linked together. They are
2: very cool, interesting. Not very cool, very interesting. <laughs> yes, I mean that's not cool. You're going to fall. It's it's very cool that they found that out. Can I, can so I, now we can maybe just just going to open my it. mouth and put the other foot in.
1: <laughs> you are listening to the Husband World Senior Games Active Life, and we're visiting with Dr. Brittany Garcia, and we're going to talk with Francesca Anderson here in just a second about hearing loss and some of the connections that they're finding between hearing loss and a lot of other health related. Items that maybe we wouldn't normally assume are connected. For example, this idea of uh, dementia and Alzheimer's and some of those brain diseases that are so scary and so prevalent in our in our world. Um, I want to talk a little bit about that link. And do we know why that happens? Why hearing loss causes a 200 to a 500% increase in the onset of dementia? What is that?
3: So your brain is receiving all this information from your visual center, your auditory center, and your proprioceptive center. Just to simplify, we're getting information from our auditory cues just to make up a simple sentence. We're asking our brain to do that in nanoseconds to process that information. With hearing loss, we're asking our brain to do it like going up a heel with the bicycle and you're pedaling as hard as you can. In the you're putting gear. on overload, yes.
1: Okay. And that overtaxes the brain.
3: Overtaxes the brain. brain. And, and that we're... causes
1: the plaque buildup that they mm-hmm. found associated with dementia and Alzheimer's, and that leads to the disease. Yep.
3: They're finding brain shrinkage with that. So
2: that's actual Alzheimer's in the,
3: mm-hmm. the brain
2: starting to atrophy.
3: Yep. It's we're seeing that brain atrophy, mm-hmm. the auditory stimulation is being atrophied as well because we're not giving that system what it needs.
1: So I know this is not your area of expertise and if you don't know the answer that's fine but are they finding the same connection with vision loss as well or is uh, is the audio different than vision because it seems like if your brain's being stimulated and then it's not stimulated anymore that could be a problem I, and again if you don't know that's fine I'm just curious.
3: So on one study I can't quote the exact researcher one study i read that your visual center is being used more okay. with those in hearing loss so again we're putting that brain on overload because we're not equaling the distribution between the two centers and one study was showing with mild hearing loss your visual center was still being on that overload and with treatment with hearing devices It was going back to more of a cognition load of that of a person with normal hearing. Oh, okay. Even with mild hearing loss, we're seeing some cognitive effects there.
1: So let's talk just a little bit about that idea of treatment. When we talk about treatment for hearing loss, we're pretty much talking about some kind of a hearing aid. Is that correct?
3: Correct. Typical treatment, medical treatment, because hearing loss is a medical condition, so we want to treat it medically with hearing devices and then going to a specialist that monitors the devices and the hearing itself.
1: So talk a little bit about some of the advances that have happened in in the treatment area and in some of the devices cuz uh, no disrespect but I I've I've rarely talked to someone who has a hearing aid that just loves that hearing aid. Can't wait to get, wake up in the morning and put that thing on and just go about their day like it it's a struggle, right? It, it so, is a struggle, but they it's have a, made some
2: advances.
3: They are; they're not the beige bananas that we used yeah. to see behind <laughs> Grandpa's ear anymore, right? Well, or the big
2: horn that used to yes. <laughs> come out of their ear. The, the
3: a, a
1: that that was maybe in your day, it but was. That, that's yeah. that hasn't been around for a
2: while, Jeff. Well, I just that's because you're a young <laughs> pup and I'm an old guy. <laughs> Sorry,
1: Jeff. So
3: they're not those anymore. We've gone a lot smaller. We caught The newest device out is neurotechnology to help treat the cognitive aspects as well. It's faster processing, so we're trying to mimic what the actual ear is doing and sending the information to the brain.
2: Now, and, to be honest, there's some, some some of my neighbors that unless their ears are just the right angle, you can't tell they've got a device in their ear.
3: No, you cannot. And they come in different colors, so you can match hair color or skin color.
2: Or clothing or whatever. Or clothing. Yes, you got it. You know, if you got your purple shirt on, you need to wear your purple hearing aid so okay. that you can be now. Do you, coordinated.
1: Do you, you don't find that people have different hearing aids for different outfits? Do they?
3: No, yeah. no, because there's we an don't. expense
1: associated. Right, they can
3: add stickers to them if they want to. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Be jewel them out. That's so part how of the younger group? I want
1: to. I want to ask you this: How prevalent is hearing loss among aging Americans? Is it something that? We're all going to get, or some of us, or what's, how prevalent is it?
3: It's the number one third medical condition that is in aging Americans right now. Really? According to the CDC in 2014, there was 48 million Americans with hearing loss.
1: That's quite a few of us.
3: Quite a few. And only 23% of Americans are being treated, are seeking that medical treatment. So that's a huge gap we're trying to close.
2: To be honest... It usually happens so gradually that that as an individual not even know. you don't realize that you're not hearing as much you're not hearing as much as you used to because it's happening so gradually. If it were sudden, then you'd be wait a minute, you know I used to be able to hear that door shut and I can't hear it now. But where it's happening so slowly,
1: or I used to be able to hear the
2: people that chattering. are
1: surrounding me that I love, and now I'm having to say. Huh? What?
2: What did, did you say? Well, hey, my wife yelling at me from the other room, but no, <laughs> that's another story. <laughs>
1: uh, I wasn't going to go there, but you did. So, <laughs> Of course I did. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> so when is a good time to start getting tested on, on hearing? Because really what Jeff said is so true. Uh, mo- most people with hearing loss, I know, maybe even myself included, don't realize it because it's so gradual. It's not like one day you can hear and the next day you can't. It's just... Over time, you start to hear less and less. So when is a good time for people to start getting tested and figure out where they're at?
3: Earlier, the better. Earlier, the better. Typically, we say around 50, you get your ears and your ears checked, right? Go along with that. (laughs) You don't put
2: a a scope in the ear, do you?
3: We look in those ears to make sure, but we don't put it all the way down. It doesn't go all the way through.
2: That's good. Thank you.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Dr.
1: Garcia, I got to say, I was expecting that from Jeff.
3: Uh-huh. I was not expecting that from you,
1: but it's a, it's a, it's a good rhyme.
3: It is. It helps people remember. Yeah. Yep, go get it checked.
1: Hears and rears. I like it. Because okay. if
3: it was cancer, you would want to get it checked. Know. At stage one, not yeah. stage four. So if we were to change the severity of hearing loss, mild, you're at about stage one hearing loss. So okay. we just want to catch it early so we can prevent some of these risk factors.
1: Well, and really, that that's the beauty of it. The earlier that we catch it, the better result, not only for your interpersonal communication relationships, but also for some of these, again, some of these scary brain brain diseases that we're dealing with so that are so prevalent in our societies, in our communities, in our families. So it's worth getting checked out.
3: Yes, it is awesome. definitely worth.
1: Awesome. Very, very good. I want to visit with um, Francesca now for just a second. Uh, Francesca is the Director of Community Relations for... The foundation, tell me the name of it, The Sound of Life.
0: The Sound of Life Foundation. Yes. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization that provides hearing health care to individuals who would otherwise be unable to afford it. Our main location okay. is here in St. George, but we serve the entire Intermountain region. And we also realize that we are a part of a global community. So we reach out there as well. So,
1: so, so um, I, I, lo- I love this concept because now that we're finding out how important your hearing is, not only to just, you know, again, those interpersonal communications uh, that we have every day and with our family and, and loved ones, but also just with our brain health, um, you know, that idea of not being able to afford the treatment is, is a reality for some of us. And so the Sound of Life Foundation helps with that. How, how do you go about helping with that? What, what, what is it that you do?
0: Well, we provide hearing aids for those who can't afford it. We live in a community that is very focused on retirement, and we feel it is important that individuals remain actively engaged as they age. And um, as individuals gradually lose their hearing, they stop doing the things that they love to do, and that often leads to social isolation they feel that the solution is to avoid situations with you know la- around loud noises and being around their family and their friends and then you know that can lead to those early onsets of dementia and we're trying to prevent that prevent that or slow it down and so for those who can't afford it we provide that service to them now, um, individuals will meet with their audiologists or providers at their local audiology clinics and get their hearing tested. Um, if they cannot afford hearing aids and they do not qualify for financing, then they are referred to us and we help them out.
1: So how how would they find you? How would they track you down? How would they access the resources that are available?
0: Of course. Um, so we work with audiologists and providers and physicians around town, and they can refer them to us. Um, we also have our website, the where they can find more information. Um, if individuals are really seeking the help, they can call me and we can set up an appointment to go over the application process. Um, it's a very simple process. Um, they'll fill out their application. There are some required forms. There is a processing fee. But the processing fee is returned if individuals are denied for our program. And we do require 36 hours of community service. Um, And the reason we require that that is to get individuals out of that social isolation. We've had many individuals, you know, say that this is um, amazing work to be able to go out in the community and help others. And they one individual said that it has changed her life. It got her out of bed and she is so grateful.
1: Well, that's great. You know, you, we, this is not really the focus of this show and it needs to be sometime. We'll need to talk about yes. this, but that idea of social interaction is so crucial, much more crucial than we really realize. Oh, it is. Um, and so to get out of isolation and, you know, get out of the house and be able to interact, even if it's somewhat superficially with people it's one of the number one indicators of being able to live a long and healthy life. So, you know, more so than, than, than cancer and heart disease and some of those things that we always think or about eating processed sugar, eating processed sugar, <laughs> being able to get out and interact with people is so crucial. And if you can't hear what's going on, your tendency is to not do that. So that's that's fantastic. So give us one more time. The, the website that people can look at to get information?
0: It is the soundoflifefoundation.org. And you can find out ways to get help, volunteer, donate to us as well. And um, we're really wanting just everyone, the whole community, to just get involved.
1: That is awesome. Francesca, thank you so much for being here, but also for the work that you do. That's, you. that's phenomenal. Dr. Garcia, we appreciate your expertise and uh, you sharing that with us as well. Thank you. So that's all the time that we have to visit uh, with these two wonderful ladies. But uh, thank you once again. Jeff, now is the time to register. If you want to play. For the Huntsman World Senior Games. We talk about that at the end of every show, but it is. Now is the time. Um, Just uh, this morning, I ran a report. We have well over 4,000 registered participants. We do almost 5,000. For the Huntsman World Senior Games. We're knocking on 5,000. There's still room. Oh, yeah. Don't panic. There's still room, but now is the time. You don't want to wait too long. You want to visit SeniorGames.net today and register for the sport of your choice. We offer 30 different sports. A couple of them are closed, but uh, get on that website, take a look at what might speak to you, and get registered for the games this year. The 2018 dates of the Huntsman World Senior Games are October 8th through the 20th, so there's still time to exercise, get trained, and get prepared, but you want to get registered today. Once again, that is SeniorGames.net. You can register today. And don't forget to tune in next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. You can also subscribe to our podcast pretty much anywhere podcasts are found, including iTunes, Google, Stitcher, as well as TuneIn and Spotify. It's easy to add us to your list of favorite podcasts. Just search for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. Hit that subscribe button and you will never miss an episode. Not one. Our inspirational thought for the day Practice like you've never won. Perform like you've never lost. Wow. Until next Thursday, stay active. Bye, everyone.